Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian and on Discord right now we have the great and wonderful Nick and I'm very I'm I don't know if I'm excited to talk about this movie right now, but I think the interesting part of this movie just to jump right into it right away is that Nick and I have not shared any information. Like normally we'll text back and forth, we'll make jokes back and forth, something before we actually do this. But I think Nick and I are coming into this relatively cold right now. So Nick, I, I want to ask you right away, how are you feeling tonight? Um, You know, I'm feeling all right, but I did watch the movie last night. So yes. I imagine there was like some lag phase, you know? <laughs> yeah, actually. But yeah, do you want to, I'll just that. I'll just let people know Everybody really quick. who follows Ian on Twitter, his famous Twitter. Yes. It's, we tried not to talk to each other, but I always scroll through his tweets because they're hilarious. <laughs> so I guess I, I did kind of get a spoiler of what you were thinking, Ian. A little bit, but I will say, I I, I don't know, man. I might have changed some things. I might have thought on some things for a while. But I want to let people know really quick that basically, because we are doing The Suicide Squad, and I'm sure we'll take that fucking The out of there very quickly because that gets fucking annoying. But one of the things we did was because we have HBO Max, we actually watched this last night. We're recording this on Friday night and we watched the premiere, I guess, the quote unquote premiere on Thursday night on HBO Max. And I got to say, man, I like that a lot better because that allows us to actually record. Otherwise, we probably would have watched it tonight and then recorded on Saturday. So I actually hope they continue this trend of premiering the movies like a night earlier. Yeah, it really, you're right. It makes it so much more convenient, especially since like, you know, like your average Thursday night, yeah, you're probably just hanging out at home after making dinner anyway. Sure. Yeah, unless you have a date with non-existent girls, you know, that's probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, we're, you know, Ian and I, famous, famous for having so many girlfriends. Yeah, well, I like to pretend that I have to, I got to go, oh, no, I'm sorry. I have to cancel. I have a podcast to do. I, I got to record. So I like to pretend that I had girls asking me to go do something. But instead, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm really sorry. I'm very busy. I have to watch yeah. The Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, my girlfriend, you wouldn't have known her. She went to a different school. She's ah, from Canada. Yes, from Canada. Um, yep. She, I, I had to change our date night for tonight because she was going to make me meet all of her other supermodel friends. Oh. And I was like, no, my friend Dean and I need to talk about the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's really tough, man. Now, by the way, did your girl go to Degrassi High? Because mine did. <laughs> oh, no, mine wasn't that famous. Damn. Oh, okay. All right. I had to, I had to check. I, I thought that connection might have been like amazing. <laughs> but man, I, I don't, I honestly don't even know how to start this. So I, I, I want to ask you, do you know how to start this one? Because I'm a little, I don't know where my feelings lie right now. Well, uh, I think we always usually start negative. So <laughs> I'll at least kick that off okay. with saying the first five minutes of this movie I could have sworn it was just a trailer for the movie. Like I yes. literally rechecked HBO three different times on the app to be like, am I sure I'm watching the movie and not like the HBO extras? Like, right. is this the movie? Yep. I, I will say I got worried. And uh, blah, 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 blah. what I should tell people right now is we are going to go through spoilers. If this is the first time you've ever listened to Ian hates movies, know that just grab a beer 
grab an alcohol as long as you're not an alcoholic, grab something and just enjoy while we go through this because we're going to spoil the entire fucking thing. Like, so don't, don't think this is not one of those ones where we're just going to say like, oh yeah, this is the basic plot. We're going to go through everything. So I just want to give everyone a basic warning about that. But yeah, man, when that movie started and I heard Johnny Cash and then I saw that fucking uh, Zack Snyder was a producer, I was like, fuck, we're in for a long fucking ride. And by the way, I am swearing constantly on this episode because that's all that was in this fucking movie. <laughs> that and gratuitous gore. Like, honestly, gratuitous. Yeah, it was gratuitous, but I got to say, and I'm sure we'll get to it later, it was not as bad. Like, I I read a couple, like, not real reviews, but kind of the headlines and the summaries just to, to kind of get an idea of what people were thinking after I saw the movie. And... There were a bunch of people saying, like, every 20 minutes someone gets ripped apart. I'm fairly certain only two people got ripped apart. And they were significantly, the movie is two hours and 14 minutes. So calm down with the whole ripping apart thing. It didn't happen as much as people thought it did. No, no, not at all. I think, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said gratuitous. I think there was a lot of, like, gore-heavy elements. Yes. But, I mean, Ian and I watch a lot of, like gross weird horror movies so i guess maybe our tolerance is pretty high yes yes (laughs) well i will say right away fear street which i love fear street part one two and three that are on netflix if you haven't watched them please go watch them but that's rated r technically and that had way more gore than suicide squad did I still got to watch it. It's an Ian recommendation that I just haven't pulled the trigger on yet. Honestly, one of the best horror movie trilogies in probably the last 30 years or so. Oh, geez. Now, oh, God, now I got to do it this weekend. Oh, that's so much hype. <laughs> yes, coming from me, believe me, I would love to do Ian Hates Movies on all three parts and just dis- dissect the whole entire thing because it was done so fucking well. And I was impressed of how many people also enjoyed it because you never know how that kind of stuff is going to hit. Horror is very hit and miss with that kind of stuff. So anyways, fuck it. We should, you know what? Let's just talk about Fear Street. I'm just going to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. We got to talk the Suicide Squad. Now, I think if people want to go back on ianhates.com or iTunes, whatever, Spotify, you can look up, I believe that Kelly and I did the original Suicide Squad from 2016. Obviously, this is the reboot slash remake slash sequel to that movie. But I want to I want to start, let's start there, actually, Nick. So I think one of the things I wanted to mention right away is they were they were very James, let's just say James Gunn, for instance, because I think he's probably one of the masterminds behind the movie. He was very smart, but also very manipulative when it came to making this movie, because I think they were able to basically say, hey, we already have a baseline with the original movie that most people hate, unless you're a DC rube who can't come to terms with their own sanity And let people know, hey, I don't like something DC does. Otherwise, you hated that movie. Am I correct in that? 
Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There, there weren't many people that actually liked that movie, but I believe that James Gunn used it as a baseline to skip some intro steps and to have you think at some times that the characters were going to act the way they did in that first movie. You see what I mean? So you kind of come in and you know what Amanda Waller is supposed to be like. You know what Rick Flagg is supposed to be like. You know what Harley Quinn's supposed to be like. You you get that idea. Plus, they really didn't go into the reason behind what Suicide Squad or Task Force X really was because they did so much of that in the first movie. So they're assuming that you already know that. That, at least that's the way I looked at it. Do you look at it the same way? Yeah, because yeah, literally, like I, I mean, like my first comment, the first five minutes felt exactly like a trailer. It was like, here is the quickest synopsis of what the Suicide Squad is, as if, you know, you'd seen the first movie. And I think the first member that they recruit for the first scene, it's pretty much, you're right, they're treating it as if the audience has already, like, encountered the first one, as if it's a direct sequel. Yeah, but they, but it's not, though, because characters later on which we'll get to actually change their personality types a little bit as well but when you meet and i will give them i guess we should talk about the first scene the first scene is the guy from i always think of him from the walking dead but then he was also in uh, slither uh and a few other things so james gunn obviously james gunn loves using similar people to what he's used in past movies and stuff like that so i always forget the character's name uh or the the actor's name but they show this guy in prison, and I guess his power is racquetball throwing? Yeah, they, they don't really go into it. Yeah, he's able to bounce it off all these walls and precise spots. Yeah. So they take him, and they're playing a game. And obviously, if you're smart enough to understand why they're putting the emphasis on him is to give a very good misdirect, because... If you know anything about Suicide Squad or you know anything about movies in general, you should know that he's not going to survive that long, even though they're <laughs> they're putting the emphasis on him. So they take him. They give a very short synopsis about what's going on. You're going to get 10 years off your sentence if you go and you join the Suicide Squad. And here is the Suicide Squad. And then there's just a whole shit ton. And, dude, I do not remember all these names. Do you? Not even close. I'm gonna, I think I remember Nathan Fillion's. I probably even forgot the name of like uh, some of the main characters, realistically. So I think it's it's Weasel, who's just a CGI, weird, wacky creature or whatever who doesn't actually yeah. talk. Then you've got uh, TDK, which is Nathan Fillion. And Nathan he's Fillion. Uh, the, the detachable kid or whatever the fuck. Uh, you've got Boomerang from the original. And you've got uh, Harley Quinn. Obviously, you've got Rick Flagg, who's also from the previous one. So he's in charge of this mission. And then you've also got Javelin. And I want to say Blackguard. Was that uh, what's his name's character? Pete Davidson. Yeah, Yeah, Pete Davidson. You're missing one. They had the orange lady that looked like she was straight out of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Was that like Mendova or some shit? I don't know. Uh, M something. Yeah. Pretty much all of these characters I do not know. And I actually read Suicide Squad comics, or at least I had when it was the New 52. So I'm I'm familiar with a lot of Suicide Squad members, but I don't know a whole lot of the past ones, nor do I think you really need to know. 
So I don't think that's really a big deal. But I think that's that is every that is every character, right? I'm pretty sure. I think so. I think so. So, anyways, they they go off, and now this is their first mission, and they're in constant contact with Amanda Waller and their whole little team back at headquarters in that prison, I guess. And and we'll go back to there obviously in a second because you know they've got to cut to different parts and everything. So they they go to what is it? Uh, fuck, I always keep on forgetting the name. Corto Maltese, Corto Maltese, I think. Uh, that is not a real country for anyone that had to look it up. So it's uh, something that's been used in D.C. in the past, uh, but it's off of South America. And they don't tell you what the point of the mission is, but they go to Corto Maltese and everyone jumps in the water and Weasel drowns, I guess, and he dies right away. And then this is now here. I'm going to ask a lot of questions, Nick, because... <laughs> There, there's a bunch of stuff in this movie that if they had trimmed it up a little bit, I think it would have made it would have made it much better. And neither of us right now have gone into whether we actually like the movie or not. But I just want to talk out a few things first. So with Blackguard going and admitting that he was the one who called them and starts walking towards the Corto government, I guess, or military, how does that make any sense? I literally could not tell you. Right. Because there is a mission. There's a mission to go to Corto Maltese that has come about because Amanda Waller wants something. Now, at this point, you don't know what that is, but later on in the movie, you do. So how could somebody who was in a maximum security, basically a superhero, part part superhero prison or metahuman prison or whatever, how did he have any chance of contacting that government and then being able to say, hey, I brought all these guys to you? What would have even been the point of that? Oh, it's, yeah, yeah it, uh, you're right. I couldn't make heads or tails of it. I just turned my brain off and said they're playing it for laughs. because ah, I can't turn my brain off. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. And look, I do want to talk about that a little bit because I'm sure people that are listening. Look, I read some. People that I appreciate their opinions online, some people saying that this was a perfect movie, that this was like 10 out of 10, uh, amazingly funny and adorable and all this shit. I don't know where people can come up with that. I I like lots of quote unquote bad movies. I, I definitely do. Look, what do you think of a movie like Grandma's Boy, right? That's not a good movie. <laughs> but you can laugh and I don't have to turn off my brain to laugh because they're actually interesting, sarcastic and witty parts of the movie to laugh at. So how do you just turn off your brain and just assume that something's going to be good? I don't have that ability. Well, I mean, yeah, if I, if I think about it critically, then I mean, I definitely see why it's a dumb scene. It's just in the moment I knew it was dumb and I'm just kind of yes. like, eh, whatever, mulligan. Well, I would have. <laughs> I think they take a lot of mulligans later on, too. I, <laughs> I just, if you had set Pete Davidson's character up to be a sleazeball, or if you had set it up that he was just so afraid that this was his tactic to somehow, like, be saved, be be rescued instead of, or or taken prisoner instead of being killed, if you had set any of that character up, then that would have been fine. 
You see what I mean? Like any of that would have been okay because even in the flight over on the on the helicopter that they you know they talk back and forth a little bit, so you kind of get the idea of what Boomerang's character is, and then Harley Quinn and and him. You know he doesn't want to sit by the weasel because he thinks it's a werewolf. Any of that still doesn't play into why his character would either one sell out the group, or and what would be in it for him if he did so. And then two, that he would be a coward and try and sneakily, because we don't even know what his fucking power is. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that that sums up my whole critique of that scene where I know why they did it. And it was to establish that they're expendable. Yeah. But they give everybody like Ian saying like the two minute flash of what your story is on the helicopter because you need to do the introduction. Sure. But, you know, the battle is going so poorly that like, you know, these are throwaways. Yeah. Yeah. They, they telegraphed it way, way too easily. I think, I think they could have done a better job of that. The other thing, by the way, I have to bring up. So do you think James Gunn sat Margaret Robbie down and said, Hey, for the last bunches of movies that you've been in that have absolutely sucked ass, how about you actually stick to the accent you're supposed to have? Because she went way 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 far into that really bad new jersey accent and stayed with it the entire movie oh yeah (laughs) like that first line she says it's so thick that it's like pizza grease is just (laughs) i was just gonna say it was sopranos era yes it really it really was (laughs) i was like oh shit they're really leaning into this okay i i gotcha so then uh, the whole scene is they're they're murdering these people, so you don't really get to see many people's powers except for <laughs> TDK, uh, where he detaches his arms, and then they float really terribly. Like the CGI was super bad, I think, on purpose for this for the scene. But the the arms just basically float, but he doesn't have any super strength or anything, so he's just basically slapping some of the military people from like 15 feet away (laughs) which was pretty humorous if they didn't overplay it in the trailers like i would have really loved seeing that for the first time if that was just a surprise if that was a surprise also i didn't like that they only use nathan fillion for just that i would have liked him to be an actual character that we could have had throughout the movie but that's just my personal preference but i did like Harley Quinn's reaction to him of what the fuck I that that seemed genuine you know what I mean oh yeah so I appreciate that so basically the whole scene here is everyone dies except for Flag who gets captured and Harley Quinn who gets captured as well and during this time she also the javelin guy who's Australian or whatever he gives her his javelin and says, you're the only one who is worthy enough to wield this. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, my God. Uh, so then you realize, or you probably realized 15 minutes ago, that this was not the actual Suicide Squad. There was another Team 2 Suicide Squad that is on the other side of the island. And that's the one with Idris Elba and John Cena in it. So now you flash back to the prison and they take you through the whole Idris Elba backstory. So this kind of annoyed me. 
I, I don't know any of these. Like, what is the difference between any of these DC characters? You had uh, Dead, uh, sorry, Deadshot in the first Suicide Squad. And then there's Death Deathstroke, who we've talked about uh, from uh, Justice League. You know, the terrible, terrible fucking Justice League movie. And then you've got now Bloodsport. And they all have the exact same powers. And, and really, they're not even powers. You know Bloodsport doesn't even have any superhuman abilities, right? Oh, yeah. And literally, like, actually, I think they make a joke about it. Because John Cena's character, Peacemaker, is also like, oh, I'm just good at killing people. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And now, I did appreciate when they're doing that whole walk around for the, the team that, that Bloodsport's going to you know be in control of. Is that he's just like, but this guy's just like me. Yeah. And that was actually relatively witty for what the movie is. But yeah, and then the whole the whole thing with the daughter, it's just like cut that fucking shit out. We don't need we don't need any of that part. There is no reason for him to even care what happens to his daughter to begin with. So why have the sudden character change right away? Yeah, and it just makes him deadshot. Yeah. It's the exact same story as Deadshot, but I guess he has as you as you've seen the movie, and hopefully other people who are listening either have seen the movie or just want us to tell you, but his weapons come out of his armor, and they're like nanites or whatever that like build onto his weapons to make them whatever type of weapon he wants. But that's all it is: is he has access to futuristic weapons. That's that's it. He's not. He's just really good at shooting them, but there's no yeah. other skill that goes with that. Nope. <laughs> him and like five other DC villains that we've seen in this universe. Yes. And really there is no backstory to why he's a villain except that he's a mercenary which makes him just like Deadshot and Deathstroke as well, probably a ton of others as well, except they mention and I do remember reading this at one point is that he did shoot Superman one time with a kryptonite bullet. So <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, man. So, you know, they have the thing with the daughter and then Amanda Waller does. Now she is overacting her, her fucking ass off. What was that? Vo, vo, ah, Viola Davis or whatever. Yep. She is way, way over the top in this movie. And I'm not sure it's needed because you already had that in the first one, but I guess they want to reinforce it in the second. So, she is way, way over the top, and she basically threatens his daughter and says, well, your daughter is of age now that she can actually be sent to this prison, and I don't think she's going to do well in this prison. She bas- he, sorry, she basically says, oh, yeah, your daughter's probably going to get raped and murdered here, so what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's, so he obviously accepts, and then they go through the whole, let's get the people to be in it, so John Cena is peacemaker. And they get him, and they don't like each other right off the bat. And then you meet Rat Catcher Two. <laughs> Apparently, uh, she and once again, not a superpower. Um, she has a magic wand machine, basically that can control rats. And she's got a friend rat named Sebastian. But tell me, Nick, why does her character always want to sleep? Because she's a millennial. Oh, so they're just trying to make they're trying to make fun of their fans. Then I guess DC just like fuck you fans because all <laughs> DC fans their are fans aren't old enough to be millennials. Uh no no no, you're forgetting, man. 
The people that watch these movies are in their fucking 40s. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're, I mean, there's a wide range, but you're forgetting that all these movies are made for between 45 and 32, probably. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta remember that. Yeah, the Star Wars figurine crowd. Yeah, well, obviously, and in the box. Never out of the box. Oh, in the box. Yeah, you can't ever use it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Not that they've ever seen a box, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but um, <laughs> old school virgin jokes. Woo! I did it. I did it. What what did I clock that at? 25 minutes. Not bad. <laughs> not, not fucking bad. So <laughs> uh, they meet. So that's rat, rat snatcher, rat catcher two. Uh, we learn more about her later. And then who else? Oh, polka dot guy. Uh, polka dot guy. Now, once again, I, I get why they're throwing in the weirdos. Like, that's fine. But then the prisoner makes fun of Polka Dot Man and calls him a pussy, but there's no comeuppance. It was literally set up to be like, show your powers. Like, that was the exact setup of the scene. That's what I imagined was going to happen. Otherwise, why did they even include that? Right, right. Because they're wearing, he's wearing a power dampener at that time. And right now, by the way, John Cena is just playing the straight guy. That's, that's his whole role in this movie is a straight guy. So he'll ask a very basic question and then be totally confused when that's actually the answer to his question. That's that's his whole thing. Yeah. And then before that, we we skipped over, but King Shark is also in this. Now, I am familiar with King Shark because he is one of or was one of the current uh, Suicide Squad members. But I don't remember him being a fucking moron throughout the cot. Like, I, I know he was like the big jock type. He's a huge fucking shark. So I, I got that part, but now he's legitimately just a dummy in this movie and he's voiced by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, Nick, did that make you want to see the movie? Cause Sylvester Stallone got to say <laughs> five words. No, actually I saw it the other way. I saw it as Sylvester Stallone asked to be in the movie because he saw how well Vin Diesel <laughs> did yes. for being Groot. Now, at least Groot was able to put some type of passion and emotion into what he was doing, even <laughs> while saying just, I am Groot. Uh, Sylvester should have taken some more lessons on that, though I will say he probably emoted more in this movie than he ever has in the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. The only other time was yelling Adrian. Other than that, <laughs> I, I don't know what else. So I think those are all the characters for Team 2, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. That's true. So I'm just going to call him King Shark because I think they either called him Nanawe or Anawe at different times. But no one called him King Shark, but that's what he was referred to at the beginning of the movie. And that's just way easier to say. So I'll just stick with it. But apparently he's supposed to be super powerful, but we will get to how that does not come to fruition whatsoever. (sighs) Okay. So now they're in the jungle in Corto and they are making tons of noise, even though there's, I mean, I guess rebel forces, rebel forces and regular forces, military forces in the entire jungle, but they don't seem to care that much. Uh, I already talked about how uh, Bloodsport has a thing about rats, right? He doesn't like rats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you need to put that in there because there needs to be some... 
you know, whatever. So that was probably, by the way, that was probably the best acting Idris Elba has done in a long time is being afraid of rats. What do you mean? You didn't like the Dark Tower? We're going to get to that later because I, <laughs> I actually have something to say about that. But I think the last time I saw Idris Elba also was probably in, uh, what was that movie with Hobbs and, Hobbs and Scotch? Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last time. Which, by the way, Ugh. I will say, Nick, not as bad a movie as you might think. I saw it, and I it was exactly as bad of a movie as I expected. I, now, I will say, though, Nick, if you gave me the choice, as you said, Ian, would you rather watch Hobbs and Shaw or watch The Suicide Squad? I would probably go with The Hobbs and Shaw. Well, there you go. You finally spoiled it. We're getting opinions <laughs> out now. 30 minutes I, in? 30 minutes in, I ruined it. That's what, that's what I do. That's, that's how sex goes. 30 minutes in and well, at I least you it. made it 30 minutes in. I, I don't get half a minute in before I ruin it for everybody. Oh, dude, I thought I've heard stories. I've heard you're an hour and a half guy. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, no water breaks for anybody. No, it's a it's an epic. It's an epic trek through the wilderness with you. <laughs> it's painstaking, arduous. It's <laughs> Oh, those are great descriptive words. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Really puts you in the room. Yeah, what's your once you're there, you're dehydrated. You have no energy left. I mean, that's the way to be. Yeah. Everybody's getting cramps. <laughs> oh, I had so many more places to go with that. All right. So I want to throw it over to you so I can take some drinks. All right. <laughs> no, here's my challenge now. So Ooh. we're at the jungle. We jungle, have done baby. Brief flashbacks. It's time to die. Why? Oh, oh, by the way, I do want to mention. Sorry, I said I was going to take a drink, but then I didn't. I did want to mention they played Jim Carroll band People Who Die as their like little title screen thing. And look, I love that song. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that of that song. I love it. But they already used it in a James Gunn and Zack Snyder film called Dawn of the Dead, the remake. And when you use a song that works so well in a movie, you probably shouldn't use it again in another movie. You know what I mean? Like It's like in Donnie Darko, Mad World is... Now, when anyone hears Mad World, they think of Donnie Darko. So if you're... I'm not saying only use one song once in one movie and that's the only time you're allowed to do it. But when it's kind of iconically linked with that movie, maybe you don't use it again and be original and come up with a different song to use. Oh, yeah. Especially because, I mean, in both situations, you're reusing the same emotions. So it's just the same scene with new characters, in my opinion. Exactly. So sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I just want to mention that. Yeah. So we're at the jungle part. And like I said, we're at our third or fourth flashback by this point, which was nauseating, which is why I have no idea about the chronology of this movie, I'll admit. Well, I'll say it's better and than the original. Just- Remember how bad the, remember how bad the original one was. Oh god. <laughs> but they're uh, they're going through the jungle and they find out that uh, Flag has also been, you know, he's captured and he's somewhere in the jungle and they have to go rescue him, the B team. Yes. yes. So this is going to be the the meeting between A and B team. They they trudge off through the jungle and they they find this encampment and they with all the the 
bad looking guys with all their guns and they're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to take them down. We're going to do the stealth mission. Yes. And within 30 seconds, you can smell that. It's like, Oh no, like these are friendlies. Yes. Right. Right. It was so easy. It was so telegraphed. Yeah. But I will say it was, I saw it coming. I knew it was happening, but I still kind of enjoyed the scene in totality because since you know, it's going to be friendlies, I think it's even worse when you see them like blow people up, like physically, like make jokes about how they, you know, put a hollow explosive bullet in a guy and ripped another guy in half and had a shark eat a man. Yeah. And that's that's the thing is, I actually think that's probably the best scene in the movie is that scene. But yeah, it's it's so telegraphed. And at times, if you notice some of the parts, the people that are there are watching them do the things they're doing without actually saying anything like there's legitimately a moment when they get to when i think it was when peacemaker kills the guy who's sleeping when they pan over there are three guys that are clearly looking at blood sport and they're just standing there just looking at him they're not they're not bringing up their guns (laughs) they're not they're not ready to fight anybody because either they know that they're good guys which i don't think that's true but they're also just not either it's poorly directed and edited (laughs) Or they they just not expecting anyone to because they're the good guys. So why would these guys be fighting them kind of thing? Yeah. But yeah, that's uh that is uh that's a good scene. Now, by the way, Amanda Waller tells them to go get Flag. So here's another part that doesn't make sense that Flag doesn't bring up at all either. Why don't they know about why doesn't Flag know? Why would Waller send Flag? On the suicide mission. That still doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Flags, once again, another guy with no powers whatsoever. He's just a military guy. And from the first movie, he was a I do anything that I'm told no matter what. He was he was that yeah. guy. So I understand they're trying to maybe trick you into showing that he's not that guy. But shouldn't he be pretty fucking pissed? That he was on the team that was sent legitimately to die so that this team could make it. And then when this team shows up, he's just like, oh, I'm totally cool with this. Yeah. <laughs> that seems very strange to me. And also, I, I guess they they do take a lot of shots at America, I guess, in this movie. So once again, I guess they're trying to show that Americans are dumb. Where Waller and all of their resources, they didn't do any checking whatsoever of the terrain and the people to know that those were the rebels and not the actual bad guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They really, they should have known. And also it's never discussed that like flag lost his communications. Yes. So like he could have told everybody he still had the pill in his neck and they still knew where he was. So obviously, you know, they weren't, you know, too far off the map. Well, actually, by the way, I don't think that flag does have one in his neck. Yeah, that's a good point. He might not. I was just saying because they have his GPS signal, so I just assumed it's all in one. No, I think because he's a legitimate good guy, he doesn't have a reason to have his head be, be ah, his head being blown off. By the way, hey man, I'm hearing some like computer sound in the background. Are you like instant messaging somebody or something? No, 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 no. I think it uh, it might just be. Uh, I don't know. Oh my goodness, my is it a clicking? Is no, it? No, it's uh, like a bloop. Like a little beep, like a <laughs> bloop. I'll work on it. We'll see. It's happened a couple of times, but it's okay. I just, I just figured I'd mention it now. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. 
All right. So, yes. So they went through. I think that was a kind of that was a nice scene of a one upsmanship between Bloodsport and Peacemaker where they're randomly killing different people. So that I, I mean, I like I said, I think that's probably the best scene in the movie is that scene. Then they show up and Flag's like, hey, this is the leader of the you know rebels. They're here to help us. And then she realizes they killed everybody to get there. And then she makes another crack against the Americans. Like, oh, you just go in there, guns hot, all that kind of shit. And then Flag kind of deflates the situation and they say, okay, well, you know, this is how we're going to get you into the city because they have to, their next step is to get the thinker, which is the guy who's been doing experiments on an extraterrestrial that we find out about in a second. Um, But once again, the thinker is just a guy who kind of looks like the guy from Kids in the Hall from Sky High, but with a bunch of shit in his head. (laughs) Yeah, it was was, uh, probably the easiest props job they had in the entire movie. Right, and by the way, did he ever use a superpower at all? No, not at all. Nothing, right? Yeah, no no superpower, no critical thinking, no I'm this smart, so I'm going to outsmart you and do anything, so nothing like that. So then I think, if I'm not mistaken, don't they flash to the uh, to the actual city? And what's the name? What What is the name of the place again? It's like J something Johannesburg. I don't know. What's What's the name of the fucking place where they have the... Oh, uh, dude, the I have literally no idea. There were a series of things that are thrown around so much in this movie that I just won't ever remember. Right, right. Okay. So it's somewhere, I, I don't know, it's... Project Starfish is the name, and there was a military coup that took over for this family that used to be, you know, not pro-American, but not anti-American. So what basically happened is, and oh, this was this was a funny part too, and I wonder if you picked this up, Nick. I want to ask you about this. So when the when the new president and the new general are watching the movie, so basically they kill all the thinkers you know, henchmen or whatever. And they bring the thinker in and they're like, what is this video? And it's a video showing this space starfish being taken in by astronauts and then showing that it shoots out, you know, little smaller starfish and then they attach to people's faces and then they become under their control. And the starfish basically grows by eating their consciousness or whatever the fuck. So whatever stupid story they want to come up with. But, Mike, my, my, did you notice that during that time, the general specifically mentioned that those are American astronauts? Uh, actually, no. I, I think I noticed the patches on the arms. Well, they didn't show those there. They showed them later because that's supposed to be the twist is later on. So when you see the movie the first time, the, the short film, whatever the fuck, on the projector, they don't show the American flag patches. But later on in the movie, they do show it because that's supposed to be the Uh, twist. But they gave away... See, once again, this is where I'm talking about editing-wise and story-wise, how they had to tighten things up and it would make it such a better movie. They give away that those are American astronauts. So they do it when they're not supposed to. So that's kind of weird. So anyways, so you're supposed to know that that's why Amanda Waller wants the Suicide Squad to go in there is that they have to make sure 
that this alien now isn't used against the world because now this new regime is anti-American. That's the that's the basic lie that she has put out there. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I'd say that sums it up pretty well. Okay. So then, if I'm not mistaken, the president, uh, Harley Quinn is captured by them. So he sends for Harley Quinn and basically tells Harley Quinn that the people of Corto Maltese are huge fans of hers because she's anti-American. And I don't get this whatsoever. <laughs> you're right, though. Until you're mentioning it, I forgot exactly how many times they take that exact stance. It's like with Harley, they say it like once every five minutes. Yep. They make like a literal whole character out of it with John Cena's Peacemaker. I mean, oh, my God. They kind of over yeah. the coals. It's a little. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little strange. So, I, I, I mean. It's okay. Like I'd be attracted to Harley Quinn as well. So if the dude is attracted to her, then that's fine. The the reasoning behind it doesn't really make sense. But basically, they go into a montage with a song I never thought I would have to hear again in my whole fucking life, and I don't remember what the name of it is, and I don't want to remember. But it's that one about being lonely. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got no song knowledge. I was about to say you were you were silent there for a second. I was like, it's that one. Uh, well, I was really thinking about it. I, I was yeah. trying to. When as soon as you said about being lonely, I just kept thinking about Akon's lonely. Oh, now you got. I don't know what you're talking about. So that's <laughs> we're on different spectrums of music here. That's for sure. So they they do a montage and basically they're spending the day together and having fun and he's like telling her you. And it seems like she's kind of falling for him or whatever. So then they cut to the present time and Harley, they're talking and he basically asks her to marry him because even though a lot of people do like him, people are very traditional. And he says he wants this marrying her would also be great because everyone loves her there because of how anti-American she is. So it would make sense and make them a strong couple and blah, blah, blah. So she's like, wow, they, they have rough sex where, once again, you don't see anything. Um, I don't know why movies are rated R if you're not going to see anything. <laughs> Anyways, so it, I guess it doesn't matter. But they, they have sex, and then it looks like things are going to go well. And then he basically has his evil guy speech where he's looking at the big tower that, like I said, it starts with a J, but I don't fucking remember the name of it. But... The Nazis came over to Corto and they were doing experiments and then that Herrera family took it over and killed the Nazis and then they used it and then they got that starfish and he originally didn't even know about that, you know, that fucking alien starfish. So he was like, well, now I'm going to use it and I'm going to use it to take care of anyone who says anything bad about me and their family and their kids. And basically, as soon as he says that, he turns around and... Harley Quinn shoots him. And that scene took me by such surprise. I, I, dug it. I actually like jumped when I heard the gunshot. Really? Oh, wow. No, I was, I was not surprised whatsoever. I knew that was happening. <laughs> you know why I knew it was happening, Nick? There is actually one reason why I knew. And you know, I don't know if you noticed this, but throughout the movie, multiple times they mentioned and kept on mentioning any time that something had to do with children, everyone lost their minds. So 
they justified killing people or doing, you know, going crazy, doing whatever because people were killing kids. This was just another one of those moments. Oh my God, you're right. There were like specifically like four moments in the movie I'm thinking about now. We're like, wow, they really went out there their way to mention like the damage to the children. Yeah. And I mean, the only time that it didn't have the effect that they wanted was when they were talking about Weasel. When in the helicopter they said Weasel killed like 27 kids. No one was afraid at that moment. But then also remember when he died, no one really cared. So that also kind of played into that. So that was honestly, that was as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, she's going to kill him right now. And especially the way the camera was, I, it was like a horror movie camera. It was like the only thing you can do now Ooh, is turn yeah, around yeah. and then you're going to get shot. But I, I'm surprised that it that it shocked you. But that's good because that's the point. I'm sure lots of people were. That was the reason for doing that. And then she goes on her crazy monologue. And now I got to thank fuck that in this movie, they never said the name Joker. <laughs> and I was so fucking happy that they never said that fucking name. They really could have, too. You're right. Like the amount of times because she still has the daddy's little girl tattoo and the back that says Joker's property or property of jo- some 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 shit like that. But yeah, they, they could have gone into it. And I'm so glad they didn't. But she mentioned, you know, that now, you know, anytime she sees red flags and she's like killing kids is a red flag. And she's like, I'm going to murder that person. And it's just whatever it was her. And then she gets captured. And now another thing, see, once again, things that don't make sense. He had been the, the president had been a bird collector, like exotic birds and shit. And he had showed them to Harley and she really liked them to show that the general was taking over. The general burned the birds. But once again, it didn't change his personality to do anything like he didn't become a tyrant. All of a sudden, he didn't do anything different than what the president was going to do. So what was the point of doing that? Yeah, I I, I didn't catch that whole part. I, I thought most of the development behind like the bad brother, the general, whoever, it just in one ear out the other, whatever they tried to do it was a waste of a character, in my opinion. Well, yeah, because there was no turning on anybody like if the general, if the president was actually a good guy. If the president was a good guy who just knew that the people of Corto needed to be, you know, needed to be under a better regime than that corrupt family or whatever, then if he was like, oh, no, I don't want to do anything with that alien. I want to do this and I want people to be happy and blah, blah, blah. And if the general had then poisoned him or set it up that he had set it up so the suicide squad would come and kill him, whatever that would have been. Once again, that's what a writer does. That's what people are supposed to do when they're telling a story is have a reason for things happening. Then you burn, you know, maybe you have the general saying, oh, Presidente, you play with birds too much. Your your head is in the sky. Why wouldn't you use this alien to take over the world? You know, whatever. But they don't do that. So it just doesn't make any sense to have the character do something like that. But what I also noticed, and I don't know if you noticed this as well, what when he was burning the birds, he was talking about the three world powers that they had to, you know, go after at some point to be taken seriously. And he said Russia, the USA, and China. 
And I was just wondering, when are they just going to start going after China? Because we're like, what number place are we for education? We, there was just a report today that said out of all the richest countries in the world, the U.S. has the worst healthcare system. Oh, yeah. And even more than that, if your power is literally derived from just like getting more people to like get brainwashed by your, you know, weird starfish babies, yeah. why wouldn't you go to the most densely populated place? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like you should be like, oh, China and India, we're coming after you. Like, I just, I don't understand, like, when are they going to start doing that in movies? Because the, I, I, I apologize to all the conservatives that listen to the show, but America ain't the shit anymore. Like, we can, we can step down on the hate in the movies. You know, we're, not only are we last in healthcare, we're also what number in education? Like, probably in the 20s? Well, yeah, for, for highly developed nations, yeah, we're pretty low. Yeah, plus manufacturing isn't done in this country anymore. Like, the list goes on of what we don't do in the USA. So why not cut us a little break? You know, when, when we were up on the top, when we were on the top of the mountain, we got a lot of shit in movies. Now I think it's time to step off of that one and go after China. <laughs> I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, I, I was surprised they didn't pander more to China because literally like, isn't that what every major summer blockbuster is now? The Chinese box office is worth how many millions to billions of dollars and you just got to kind of you know, make a Matt Damon movie about the Great Wall of China every now and then. <laughs> yes, but don't forget, you have to talk nice about China. You can't say bad oh, things. Oh, yeah, or else it doesn't get published. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the thing. So I was actually surprised that they actually had China, even though it was kind of more talking about being a world power. So, of course, they do like hearing that. So anyways, so I, I like, Nick, I like looking at little things like this because once again, if, if you correct these little things, you can legitimately make an almost perfect movie. Yeah, it was entertaining enough. And honestly, I, I'd i say there's at least 50 minutes where if you cut it, you would have like a solid B yes. movie. Yes, and I, I totally agree with you. I absolutely agree with that for sure. So now during this time, so now obviously, you know, Harley Quinn is now captured and she's going to be tortured. So then I think, oh, yeah. So then they have to go. The the B-team task force X or whatever has to go to a strip club with no naked women. Oh, except in the changing room. Don't think I room, forgot about those. Which I don't think, by the way, you actually, I don't think you see that girl's tits. You might very slightly, but it's oh, like the quickest. And you do. There's two sets in there. Oh, I've, shit. And press the pause button. Uh, I'm sure of it. Okay. All right. That's that's good to know. That's good to know. So they have to go to the thing. And now keep in mind, there's still, oh, we, I guess we didn't talk about, we probably should have. So when they're in the woods before they go and get flag, that's the moment where uh, I did laugh a little bit at this, at this moment. It was the night. It was night, and everyone was sleeping. And polka dot guy had to. He basically his face was all puffed up, and it looked like he was just super sick with like lots of colors and shit on his face. And he had to go off into the woods to basically vomit the polka dots to get kind of back to normal. Then while this is happening, the rat is telling <laughs> telling Bloodsport to look over because King Shark is about to eat a uh, rat catcher. 
And she's in such a weird position that there's no way she shouldn't have woken up. So I thought that was at least a little bit funny. Yeah, then that, was, that was a good scene. Yeah, it was okay. And then that's where they show how powerful King Shark is because then Bloodsport starts shooting him and making tons of noise, by the way. I still don't know how anyone didn't show up uh, to get them at that point. But basically, he keeps shooting him and it just basically stuns him. But they would have been kill shots for other people and stuff. And then they have one of those moments where, like, Ratcatcher wants to be friends with him. And she's like, you wouldn't eat your friends and blah, blah, blah. And they go back and forth. And John Cena wants to kill the shark as well. But they decide not to. That's also where you find out that Bloodsport is really, really afraid of rats as well. So we kind of skipped over that part. But then they have to go and meet this guy, Milton who is going to drive them into the city. And they have another scene where they're trying to be funny, where they're getting disguises and King shark is going to go as well and dress in a disguise. And he wants to have a fake mustache and they tell him that's not good enough. But then also once again, Nick, nothing comes of that because King shark just stays in the fucking van. And you're right. I really thought they were trying to set something up with that because like they even when they're in the bar, because I think that's pretty much where we are now. Yeah, we skipped one part. Talking, we'll back like you're, yeah. you, they keep showing him on camera just being like dejected and sad and lonely in the bus. So you, you kind of makes you think there's some kind of conflict there. Right. But no, nothing ever comes of it. Of course, this wasn't a written movie. No, exactly. And that's that's the thing, because realistically speaking, you probably would have had something where maybe a little a little girl or a little boy or a little girl and boy are walking down the street and they're like, oh, wow, look at that big shark. And he's got a fake mustache on and a sombrero or whatever. And he like, they, they're walking hands and hands down the road or something because he's he's lonely. You know what I mean? You would do something where there would bring in some tension or some something where the people are like, where's King Shark? Where is he? And it's like, did, did, did he dress up? He's that good that we can't figure out where he is? Like, there are so many jokes that you can do that they just completely passed on and made it so that there's no tension whatsoever. There's just none. Yeah, and speaking of no tension, because we're at the bar scene, the way they catch the, the brainiac or whatever, like, literally, like, he's not, he doesn't do anything intelligent. He doesn't make plans or anything. They literally just, like, walk up to him at gunpoint and then that's the only threat that's ever made he's their best friend within three minutes yeah there's there's nothing like i understand you don't want to bog down the movie but you can make good scenes part of the movie by doing things the right way by the way we also now sorry we do have to go back we've been skipping around a lot just like this movie so i guess it works perfectly but hey hey we forgot that there happened to be another time where rat catcher wanted to wanted to uh they were going through the woods she wanted to sleep again because that's all she wants to do uh because character trait i guess and then polka dot man falls down on the ground he's got that you know his his face is is bumping up again um and now everyone sees and they're like you know what the fuck is that and then he goes into his backstory and he talks about you know that he has a a virus from outer space you know, his mom was in Star Labs and she experimented on him and his brothers and sisters. Some survived, some didn't. By the way, I don't know why they would even say that because that never comes up later on at all either. But the one thing that does come up is that he sees his mother 
everywhere. And they literally cut to showing the Suicide Squad as his mother. And they did pick one of the ugliest women possible to be his mother. Like, that's that was well, well done casting-wise. But then the joke falls flat. Flat because there's nothing, there's no follow-up to it. Do you, do you see what I mean? Well, I think I did find it funny at the end when they had the... Oh, I shouldn't spoil uh, it yet. But yeah, right, it, we'll it, it got me at the end. They they did a gag with it. I, I have a thing to say about that, but we will we will get there. We will get there. But the thing that, that would have worked... Now, just stay with me on this, Nick. So what would have worked is... Okay, so he goes and he says, I see my mother everywhere. And then it cuts to his mother in different, you know, people uh, on Suicide Squad. If one of them would have looked at each other and been like, like John Cena, the straight man, right? Who questions everything. If he just went, he's not picturing all of us as his mom now, right? Or anything like that. That's all that had to have been done to make that joke land correctly. Do you see what I mean? It's it's simple. Yeah, no, I, I totally get you. There's, there was a setup for something comedic, and they just didn't exactly. take any advantage of it. They just expect people to laugh because they see an ugly fat woman. That's what they wanted. But I thought we, were, I thought it's 2021. We're not supposed to laugh at that stuff anymore. You're, you're drawing the line, and if you just put the punchline in, it would have worked. So, anyways, so yeah, so you were talking about the bar scene. They start drinking together, which I guess makes them friends. Or something. Alcohol is the key to everything, I guess. So they start drinking and they're like friendly with each other and everything seems to be going well. The thinker comes in with no guards whatsoever. And then, like you said, it's the easiest thing. You know, Bloodsport just goes over to him, puts a gun in his back, says, Hey, you're coming with us. They're about to do it. But the police, because the general had said, You know, we, I don't believe Harley Quinn is here alone. So go find Americans. That's that's what he says. He's like, go find Americans. So they happen to go to the one bar where the Americans are. <laughs> I keep on wanting to say Idris Elba, but Bloodsport, you know, basically takes rats, rat catcher and polka dot guy and say, hey, take the thinker with you and, you know, we'll take care of this. Just go take him and, and we'll be good. That's when he sacrifice, you know, he puts his hands up, says, hey, I, I even though in a British accent says, hey, um, we're the Americans, and then John Cena and uh, Flag do the same thing. So they get taken off by the police, and then you've got Milton, Rat Snatcher, Rat I keep on wanting to say Rat Snatcher, Rat Catcher, and Polka Dot Man take the thinker away. But once again, just like you said, Nick, there was no consequences because he even mentions, he's like, oh, so you guys aren't the alphas of the group. So you think at some point he's going to play a fast one and get away. But no, there's no, he just follows them into the van and then King Shark's in there. King Shark has no interaction with him whatsoever and everything works out completely fine. And this is, I know we're getting into it now, but this is what I would say is, is my major complaint. It's, that there are so many fucking conflicts in this Nick, movie. Nick, like, are you having a party? Every other scene is a new thing we have to keep track of, a new variable they have to overcome. But every single one of them gets resolved in an instant, so it's never like there's any tension to any of it. Right. Hey, Nick, I can hear, is there like a party going on in your apartment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, literally, I think there. it's it's Friday night, so why wouldn't there be? Uh, 
but yes, there is there is no tension. There's there's nothing in in the scene whatsoever. So you just have him now. He's fine. And then the the guards are taking uh you know the three captives to where Harley Quinn is so that it can be tortured. But then here's the thing as well. So they tell them this information and Flag's like, oh shit, I had no idea Harley was even alive. And then the guy, the the guard offers Bloodsport a cigarette. So Bloodsport takes a cigarette and then, so he's got it in his mouth and it's lit and he's, he's got it. And the, the general lights or the, you know, the officer lights his cigarette and they're talking. And that's when Bloodsport talks about the one punch or one move that can kill somebody. And then all of a sudden, all three of them do a move to the guards that are right next to them or right across from them. It kills them in one shot. And that's it. <laughs> You're so right, too. And I think I found that comedic. I don't know if it was intended that way, because it was literally the three copy and paste characters who all have the same life, yes. all doing the same move. Right. All doing the same move. And then also, and then Interselba goes, I don't even smoke. But you didn't use the fucking... <laughs> oh, yeah. What a good joke. Yeah. You didn't use a cigarette for anything. And there was no compromised position that the officer was put in to give you the cigarette. Do you see what I mean? Like, Nick, I, am I am I crazy? Am I looking into this stuff too much? I, I just don't get it. What what was the point of that? Why not just do the move? Why not just why not just do it? What was what was the point? <laughs> you are so right. I feel like they just had a bunch of ideas on the writing board and they're like, oh, we need something to happen in transit. Uh armor car flips over. Uh figure it out. Yeah. Wouldn't it, they go, wouldn't it be cool if Bloodsport talked about a move that could kill someone in one thing, like, wouldn't that be cool? And everyone's like, yeah, man, that would be really fucking cool. Why don't we do something like that? It's like, oh, how do you write it in? Oh, no, no, just do it. It's fine. I'm James Gunn. Just fucking do it. Yeah, it literally, I feel like this movie was written by like that phase in middle school where it's like, oh, man, did you see that thing? He did that. It was so cool, blah, blah, blah. And it's literally scene after scene of like, what you usually do for their characters introducing their powers, where they're like, watch me do this one really cool thing. Right. But it's every single scene. Yep. Just everything. Like, how does Flag know to do, like, none of them are superheroes. How does everyone know how to kill someone in one move? It's one of the few things the American school system taught me. You didn't, they didn't ah. teach you that one in school? Come on, Ian. Well, remember, I went to school overseas, too. So that's why I'm much smarter than most people. <laughs> yeah, you missed that's that year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they have the runaway, you know, fucking military truck, and it flips over multiple, multiple times. Somehow the bus, the van that has the rest of the Suicide Squad, you know, is right there. So they're able to get them. And then out walks all three of them. By the way. No injuries, no injuries to all three of them whatsoever from taking this huge tumble that would have killed multiple people. Once again, they don't have superhero powers, but there's not a scratch on them whatsoever. Oh, and even worse, Ian, that's exactly they flip the truck. They get out exactly next to where their co-patriots are, like yes. just right there, right yep. in the middle of the room. It worked so out perfect. perfect. It worked out perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. So during that thing you know they found out that now harley is alive and now once again they do something that flag would never have done before but flag's like okay well fuck the mission we got to go get harley first that definitely wouldn't have happened and by the way the reason why i guess 
were not flashing back and forth to Waller and all them is because they said there's something in that building that is jamming the signal. But it's like, even if it's not, even if it's jamming the signal, you would still be able to do reconnaissance and other things instead of just sleeping in the office. But I was so glad they did it because honestly, to me, that's one of the worst parts of the movies is whenever they flash into, you know, the, the command center. True, true. Yeah, there's the big fat guy who like says the sarcastic comments and then there are the women that yell at everybody for some reason. And then obviously Amanda Waller, who's like, I'm going to kill kids all the time. And then everyone's like, whoa, whoa, can't handle that. You know, it's not like this is the entire world that might be in danger. But don't mention a girl going to prison. Whoa. So anyways, <sighs> so they go and they have a plan to get Harley out. But we cut to Harley. She is tied up and hanging from a ceiling, and they're torturing her. But, of course, they're very bad at torturing people because the general leaves, and then the dude who's torturing her is right in front of her and is playing on his phone. So then, obviously, she kills him and unlocks herself. Then it goes into another song, uh, this time the uh, Gigolo song for some reason, because once again, we all have to be like Zack Snyder and fucking suck balls all the time. Um, and wow, what a, what a song to play while this woman is killing people. It, it's so ironic. Like, Oh my God, we're so edgy. <sighs> Every single movie. I literally bet Ian before we started watching the movie that it was going to happen and he wouldn't take the bet. Cause we both we knew, knew. <laughs> it's, it's very true. And now once again, we go through a Harley Quinn killing people. Now I will say this time throughout the other two movies or three movies, uh, however many there are now that she was in, it's not her beating up tons of guys that are like double her size. They did make it so that the guys were only slightly bigger than her. But once again, it's still an 80 pound woman killing and beating up these 150 pound men. I mean, that's, that's what it is. But once again, they, they do that while Gigolo is playing in the background and she's doing all her fancy bullshit where anyone at any point would just have to like step on her toe and she would be down for the count for sure. Uh, but you know, she starts killing people. And then for some reason, Nick, once again, can you tell me why all of a sudden flowers start streaming about these, these magical animated flowers start streaming everywhere? They had to go full Snyder. I mean, <laughs> you, you could, they couldn't, he couldn't pass with James Gunn on letting him do the orange and black, no color in the movie look, <laughs> but he got away with, I think just this scene, he got away with just the slow motion gunfight with ill fitting music and the hyper pastel, yep. you know, bleached out almost like a, the dread kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. And yeah, it just, it makes no sense. It never comes up again. No other character does this stuff that doesn't happen for anyone else. But for some reason, they're just like, fuck it. Let's just do what Nick said. That's that's exactly what it is. She ends up gunning everyone down and slitting their throats and blah, blah, blah. And then she finds, for some reason, the javelin is just on the wall somewhere. So she gets the javelin back and she's about to leave, uh, about to get a taxi. And she sees Bloodsport and Flag going over to do something. So she follows them. As they're about to do the mission where everyone's in place, Harley's like, 
hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're here to save you. And she's like so taken aback by it. She makes jokes about like going back in, but she gives Flag an extended hug. And it seems like they're trying to show that those two characters have, I don't know, some connection that we're unaware of. Uh, but it's it's only this moment and like two other moments later on in the movie. Uh, so it's a little bit weird. But they hug and then they get everyone together and their whole master plan is to have the thinker drive the van that looks like a bad mystery machine drive it through the barricade but they're going to let him in the the highly secured tower that they're going to they're going to let him in and then from there they're going to lock themselves in it now somehow that that works because none of the security guards check inside the van with all the windows <laughs> and literally it's the most piece of shit van and they say the guy's been working there for like 20 years it just shouldn't have worked it just shouldn't have. by the way they say 40 at one point but then they change it to 30 so he's been working there at least 30 years yeah and no one questions this it's like why would you show up in a shitty van you're like super rich and you kind of run this place like why would you oh can we check in the back of this we are you know, military personnel that are supposed to be, you know, oh, I, I guess, no, just go in. Okay. And that's exactly what happens is they go in, they lock the doors and the military tries to get in, but they can't. So then their plan is we're going to set explosives on every single floor and we're going to blow the fuck out of this place. So that's what they do. Once again, they, so they, they basically, they set up that peacekeeper wants to go with the thinker, but they don't allow him to. So they say, no, you got to stay with King Shark and you guys are going to go put, you know, the, the silly putty fucking uh, C4 bombs out, out there or whatever. And at one point, Peacekeeper leaves him and you think there's going to be more jokes with Shark because basically we're told that King Shark is so powerful, they need him to get into that tower and they're going to need him during that tower but yet they leave him alone and he does nothing. Literally, this is what starts. I timed it. I This is what made me bring my notebook out. <laughs> 30 minutes of absolute useless nonsense that <laughs> made me completely unable to turn my brain off. Literally, uh, like yes. it, it was the final straw. It was so noisy, choppy yep. and full of absolute garbage. That I, I I just I couldn't focus on it. I was just complaining in my head the whole yep. time. It just uh No, they needed they needed an editor. Really, I don't know if they let the editor go home because of COVID or something. I, I don't know what happened, but they needed an editor during this whole entire scene because all of it made no sense. All of it. So the you know, King Shark does absolutely nothing this entire time. And then you've got uh, rat catcher, the thinker, and is it who else is? Oh, and polka dot man, right? Yeah. There they go to they go to the area where we find out that the name of the starfish is Starro the Conqueror, and now it's super huge now because it's been feeding off of all these people, and the people are talking, or sorry, Starro is talking through the people, and you see all these medical experiments like this half of a dude but he's still alive because the starfish is still on him. Like, and basically 
uh, fucking the thinker does his bad guy speech. You know, he does his whole bad guy monologue. Oh, flags with them too. So flags up there and oh, okay. Sorry. So polka dot man actually is not with them. It's, it's flag. So it's flag rat catcher, the thinker they're up there. And the thinker is basically you, you get the impression that not only has he, you know, been mentally and physically abusive to this starfish, but also fucked it probably many times I'm guessing. Uh, so that's kind of strange, I guess. Uh, maybe that's one of his powers. I, I don't know. <laughs> but basically, he goes on his tirade that the reason why he's like, he's talking to Flag and he's like, I answered to the same person you answered to. The Americans are behind everything. <laughs> you were You were not sent here to protect against the alien invasion. You were sent here to cover up to make sure that no one found out that America, and that's when they cut back to the scene in the astronaut, uh, the spaceship, and they show clearly the American flags on the astronaut suits. It turns out that America, the bad, uh, was the one behind taking Starro and making a deal with the, you know, the Corto government and allowing he they hired the thinker to do all these experiments and now he's pissed because all of his data is going to go down the drain and somehow for some reason because they talk about children once again flag loses his mind and he's like where's the hard drive where's the hard drive now keep in mind somehow he finds the hard drive <laughs> I don't know about you, Nick, but I laughed. I laughed out loud when this happened because he's trying to open up random PCs like MCC equipment. And then he just happens to open open up the bottom slot and there's a red little drive, hard drive. And I'm like, dude, there's no way that 30 years of data is on that hard drive. Even funnier, it's like the old, uh, well, I'll call them old now. <laughs> yeah, magnetic drives. It's not yes. a solid state or anything. So it's like super vibration sensitive. Yep. Like it was just, it was just hanging out there. Yeah, it was just there. So he takes it. And then that's when Peacekeeper had just shown up and they're like, why are you here? And he's like, I didn't trust that guy. But it turns out, obviously, that Peacekeeper, who has mentioned multiple times in the movie that he does anything to keep freedom and liberty. It turns out that Waller had told him, make sure that all of the data is destroyed when they destroy the building. So now keep in mind at any point, he's such a good shot with everything that he has. He should just be able to shoot the hard drive out of Flag's hand because Flag has not put it in his pocket. He's just fucking holding it. So that's, that's number one is Peacekeeper should have been able to take care of that. The next is... Flag has never been this anti-government. Never has Flag been like, oh, let me take this to the press. Everyone needs to know what's going on. He's a military man. Why would all of a sudden, just because they, because then he starts, starts uh, shouting, they experimented on kids, they experimented on kids. Yet, keep in mind, you never see a kid that whole time that you see that whole group of people that are uh, covered in starfish. You never see a child. So where is this coming from? You're right. You keep bringing it up and you keep being right, Ian. It's your gift and your oh, curse. I appreciate it's it. America, children, <laughs> and I feel like there's one more theme that the entire movie's about. Uh, gratuitous violence for no reason. Oh, and swearing. 
Yeah, yeah, thank God. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm fucking okay with that, that's for sure. Anyways, so there, there are multiple... None of this makes any sense. None of this makes any sense. Then you hear explosions go off, and you're like, oh, so they're probably going to cut away in a little bit. The explosions go off, and now the the groups are separated so now you have peacekeeper and flag together and you're like well why were there explosions but they don't tell you yet so then you have a fight between flag and peacekeeper where at the end of it uh peacekeeper ends up killing flag which wasn't really a surprise but it was more of a why like there were so many there was a time before he kills him that peacekeeper literally kicks the hard drive on the ground, but he doesn't stomp on it. At any, that's all you have to do. You could have done anything with the drive. There is no reason for you to keep the drive. That is not the point. The point is, is for it to be destroyed. So why doesn't he just destroy it? Answer me that, Nick. <laughs> what do you mean? If the writers didn't think about it, why do I have to think about oh, it? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So it's just, it's dumb. And then I don't know why they were so graphic with it. So, you know, it it looks like, it looks like Flag might win. And obviously, you know, he's not going to, but it looks like Flag might win. He's got Peacekeeper pinned down and he's choking him with a bar and Peacekeeper is able to reach out and get a piece of ceramic and shove it directly into Flag's heart. But instead of just showing it on the outside, they zoom into his body and show the shard go into his heart and then blood pump out of the wound in the heart. And I'm still not sure why they felt the need to do that. <laughs> they, you know, they were showing off that they got the first DC movie with an actual CGI budget. I guess so, man. I guess so. Oh, we forgot to mention the part, one of the parts where someone was ripped apart. Uh, King Shark ripped a soldier in half uh, at one point, and there was no reason to do that because normally he likes eating people. But so that you could get the flash photography, uh, he ripped someone in half. Uh, so that's that's <laughs> something. Um, but yeah, so now Flag is dead, and Ratcatcher saw the whole thing go down. So she takes the hard drive and escapes, and then they cut to what actually. So then they cut, oh, so, uh, sorry, I also forgot something. So when Peacekeeper and Flag were separated, Ratcatcher and the Thinker were on the other side, and there they show that Starro is now free, or I, I don't know how it couldn't break through the glass in the first place just by itself, but because of the explosion, it was able to break through the glass. It takes the Thinker and rips him in half as well. So those are your two people that were ripped in half and once again the thinker did literally nothing in the movie whatsoever uh no consequence no nothing it's just hey there you go and now you're dead oh i could add something there on the continued there could have been something there do it um it's the thinker they could have made him be smart and then since the starro since Starro's main power is absorbing consciousness and people's intelligence and everything, you could be like, oh we gotta keep the thinker away from him because you know if he gets too smart blah 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 but no no, that that would have been easy, and that would have yep. made sense, and that would have added tension and drama. Yes. And we, we can't have any of that. No. Now, by the way, I do have to mention, though, so they just mentioned that the starfish 
that the you know Starro feeds off of consciousness, not off of the brain. Because as we know later on, the starfish never does anything smart. There's like literally does nothing smart the entire time. So it's not feeding off of your intelligence. It's just literally that you were alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt watching this movie. Yeah, it's like the WB and DC feeding off of the rubes that like DC movies. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. It's like the the brain slugs from Futurama that go on fry and starve to death. <laughs> what a throwback! Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. There was a delay, so I had to laugh at my own joke. So I I apologize. <laughs> I know that pains you so. Well, I'm not doing any. I'm not doing any fucking editing. So I know there's I know there's like a little bit of a lag because we're doing this on Discord. So I'm not doing any editing. So I got to fill in the the you know the blank the the dead air every once in a while. Are you sure you don't have a laugh track for me yet? I I, I do have a, a very typical giggle, and it, it doesn't really change that much. I probably should cut that and just put that behind everything. Just legitimately <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, just- just have Ian make good points and then just have my laugh track in the background just for your ego. Oh, man, I should just do that in real life, I think. <laughs> I'm just going to get people laughing at my jokes or saying, oh, Ian, that's smart. And I'll just record that and I'll just keep it and play it and it'll just feed me consistently. <laughs> all right, en- en- enough of my bad jokes. So now I think we're all caught up. So now fucking uh, Peacekeeper is going to kill Ratcatcher because he says, even though she finally says, which I don't know still why anyone didn't before, hey, just smash the fucking hard drive. She goes, well, just smash it. And why do you have to kill me? And he goes like, I'm thorough and whatever the fuck that means. Then you flash back eight minutes and you find out why the explosion happened early because it wasn't supposed to happen at that time. For that one, You've got Milton, Harley, Milton, Harley, Polka Dot Man, and uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Bloodsport. And they're going to do some stuff, but then the C4 or whatever falls out of the bag that the Polka Dot Man is carrying. They have to kill some people, but Milton is killed and he's the he's the van driver. And then they have a whole scene. Now, by the way, which still seemed really stilted and needed editing. I don't I still don't know why they didn't edit this whole part. But they have a whole back and forth about Milton dying. And basically, <laughs> Bloodsport and Harley Quinn don't even know who Milton is. And it is a good point. I don't know why he was with them. Why didn't he stay in the van that no one saw them come in it? He would have been completely fine there. But for some reason, he, oh, yeah. he goes. And Polka Dot Man is like, I always liked him and, and blah, blah, blah. And then when this is happening, then more soldiers come in. Polka Dot Man tries to use his powers, but they, you know, they melt people, basically. So it, in, it, it actually lights on fire the rest of the C4, which makes the explosions go off early. That's what ends up happening with that. And that's why the whole building starts to collapse or whatever. On top of that, we have a scene with King Shark by himself once again doing absolutely nothing, go into an aquarium area where there are these really vibrant colored sucker fish, 
I guess, or something. Jellyfish something or other. Yeah, something like that. And they start to basically outline his outline where when he's standing near the glass. So he gets excited because he has new friends. And then that scene goes on for too long and then awkwardly cuts away with no resolution to that. But then when the explosion goes off, the aquarium breaks and it turns out these fish are not nice and they're actually like these sucker blowfish type piranhas or whatever. And they start attacking him for no reason. He falls out of the tower from the top and survives. The people, the military and the bombs shoot at him, but it doesn't matter because he's apparently indestructible. So he just starts eating them. And they have a scene where he eats some guy's head where the eyes are still moving. And I guess that's supposed to be like super cool, you know. So they do that. Man, this this is boring me. Uh, so then... Um, we haven't, uh, we've only let out a couple size so far. I think if we're going by size count versus our previous couple episodes, our, especially our DC episodes, yeah, this wasn't a bad movie, apparently. Well, by the way, we're at like an hour and a half. This is when this fucking movie should have ended. Oh my God. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah. Especially because you like, Ian had just mentioned the King shark part, like cut that out. That's seven minutes on the chopping floor right there. No need for it. Just end it. Just end it right there. The explosion killed the starfish. Easy. To be quite honest, cut King Shark out of this, of the movie. There is no reason for him in the movie. No. They could have gotten all the... absolutely right. Just cut him. Yeah, there could have been all the other jokes that they did would have been just fine. There is no reason to have him. He has no key part in the movie. He does not save anything. There is no part where he is needed. So anyways, so... This would be about the time we would we should stop the movie. Probably the show, too, but we have stuff to finish. So what ends up happening is uh, they all... Idris Elba ends up falling and somehow does not break his legs when he falls from that kind of distance onto cement and basically falls floor after floor after floor until he gets to the area with Peacemaker, who is about to kill Ratcatcher... Now, Nick, can you take this? Because I got to chug this beer. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take the mercy for it. So, yeah, they have their intense 30 second standoff where they're just looking at each other. And, you know, they're going to they're going to they're going to shoot. They're going to do their thing because they're the same character. And all they do is shoot and they look at each other and they shoot at the exact same time in slow motion. And it cuts. You're thinking about the scene earlier where they're like, oh, you got to use small bullets because I don't know something about something. <laughs> So they shoot each other with Peacemaker's big gun and Bloodsport's, you know, tiny bullet. And the tiny bullet goes through the big bullet (gasps) and kills Peacemaker. Super cool. Well, it goes into his throat, right? Yeah, it goes into his throat, like splinters all over him. So luckily he can still talk so that they can have, you know, like they're fine, a little conversation. Yeah, that one, that one line, how, and then he's like small bullets or whatever. Now, in this scene, this is where I was thinking about the Dark Tower, because I said, Right there is Roland. Right there is the one good shot in the whole fucking Dark Tower movie that has ruined the franchise. They'll never make another Dark Tower movie. That was what I needed. (laughs) I needed Roland to actually be good with his gun and do the thing that he's supposed to do. That was the closest to Roland that Idris Elba ever got was in The Suicide Squad. And that's sad as fuck. (laughs) And that's the thing, too. You know what's you know what's also sad, Nick? The original Suicide Squad came out five, basically five years ago. 
you know, foreign change somewhere around there. They can do with superhero movies. People are so dumb. They will continue to go and pay for superhero movies. They'll continue. It doesn't matter. So if this movie tanked, let's say this movie ended up getting like a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. They can just make another one. It can be the, the Suicide Squad in four years. And people will still go and pay a ton of money to see it, right? Oh, I'm so down with the idea of the, the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine. What else are you going to Give them another four years, you're right. <laughs> yeah, what else are you going to do? But that's what I mean is you can just keep doing that with superhero movies. The Dark Tower could make so much fucking money. There's at least, at least eight movies worth of content in The Dark Tower. And they won't remake they won't make another one because of how poorly that movie did but for some reason that doesn't get the treatment of all these other reboots and remakes and i still do not understand why yeah i mean ian let's be honest here it wasn't good no it hurt it hurt my soul what is left of my soul it hurt i have a tattoo for the dark tower and anytime i think of it it burns (laughs) it it hurts me so much to think about how bad that movie was because the books are so fucking amazing and it's it's mostly stephen king's fault because stephen king cannot allow like his movies can never be adapted or his books can never be adapted to movies because he signs off and lets these fucking morons do whatever they want instead of just following the source material and i'll never understand like you legitimately have the thing written for you you don't even have to be like James Gunn and write nonsense. You've already got the stuff. You you have the blueprint. Just use that and make a good fucking movie. That's all you got to do. Anyways, sorry, tangent, 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 tangent. All right, so Peacemaker is now dead. Ratcatcher gives the hard drive to Bloodsport. She tells him what the plan, what Flag was going to do with it. They all basically run out as as the building is falling apart they all basically run out the military just doesn't shoot them for some reason and just holds off and now you've got starro breaking out of the tower is that correct oh yeah Starro's breaking out of the tower because they need you know another 15 minutes of conflict we're at hour and 51 minute mark and we know this is a two hour and 15 minute long movie so there's got to be something else they do their big ripoff of scott pilgrim versus the world uh and by the way anytime they did a transition they did some weird background writing which made no fucking sense and was not needed whatsoever People who have seen the movie know what I'm talking about. It's not even worth going into. It was just worthless. Completely, completely worthless. So they do this again for Starro. Uh, oh, also, hey, Nick, um, if a bunch of starfish are falling down on your face and they're taking over people and attaching to faces, um, why not put your helmet or your hat down in front of your face? Because <laughs> that would have required any number of intelligence and yeah. it just, it just, they needed the movie to keep going because look if millennial perpetually tired all the time rat catcher can put her mask thing on and protect her face and everyone else can do the same thing i don't know why none of the military people can do it and then the general too all he would have to do is slide his hat down 
but yet he takes it off like a coward and allows the starfish to take him over. All of that makes no sense. Plus, why do the starfish die when they hit the ground? Why none of this is established. So it, it just it just makes no sense. So you know, the military is taken over, and Starro basically says the city is mine and leaves the suicide squad. Because, like I said, it didn't feed off of intelligence, only consciousness. So it doesn't kill the suicide squad that it could easily do right there. It travels into the city and miraculously all the jamming devices were in that tower so that lucky lucky them they brought that tower down because now amanda waller can interrupt them and make this a shittier movie she tells them hey you've already done you've done your job congratulations you know like don't worry about all those innocent people because america doesn't care about them because they're not american airline uh allies american airlines they're not america allies (laughs) so they start to leave and then for some reason, Bloodsport has a change of heart and everyone decides to follow him, even though their heads could be blown off. And instead of their heads blowing off, the people that are working with Amanda Waller, one of the women hit her in the back of the head to knock her out. And then they help the Suicide Squad go attack Starro. Now, if we remember from the original Suicide Squad, Amanda Waller killed anyone who was in her way or did her bad. Remember when she killed her entire staff? Oh, yeah. And even in this movie, they spend time to make sure to tell you that she'll kill a 14-year-old girl. So, like, it's been established. Right. And she legitimately killed her entire staff that could have come with them, that could have been saved by the Suicide Squad the last time. She legitimately kills by herself or whatever, or with the help of somebody or whatever. But so this time, so I guess these people think there are going to be no consequences to what they do. They can just knock out their commanding officer and, you know, just do whatever. So now the Suicide Squad goes to work and they kind of get their ass kicked uh, for a while. Uh, And then, so here's now... I believe, Nick, this is where you're going to talk about something with Polka Dot Man and his mom, right? Yeah. So Bloodsport is like, hey, the giant, you know, starfish thing, that's your mom. And then that's where it was funny to see, you know, the overweight, 60 foot tall, you know, mom figure, you know, doing her thing. Right. But now let me ruin it by bringing in the bad writing. So why would he have to tell? polka dot man hey that's your mom when polka dot man sees everything as his mom already yeah it makes no sense right so then you know he's about to die because of the angle of the shot once he hurts starro he goes i'm a fucking superhero and then starro stamps him and he's dead and we all saw that coming so then harley quinn has a javelin and you know what she's going to do then rat catcher summons a bunch of rats and it attacks Starro and then Harley Quinn javelins into the eye of Starro and the rats who would have entered the eye anyway, she didn't even have to do that, but the rats go in and start eating the inside of Starro and then Starro as it's dying has one of the people, the general or someone say that, um, 
uh, I was happy out just drifting, looking at stars. And we're like, yeah, well, no shit. Like, uh, we get it. America's bad. Like, we we get it. <laughs> then uh, Starro dies, and that's the end of the movie, right? <laughs> yep. And then, they, well, they get the after credit scene, but yeah. Yeah, so uh, basically, oh, this is the other thing. Somehow in that span of five minutes, a person who doesn't have access to the internet Bloodsport is able to upload all of that old shitty hard drive to a secure server and then show Amanda Waller, hey, I've got all this information, so if you ever try to kill us or put my daughter in jail or blah, 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 then this will get out to the public. So she agrees, and basically they're no longer the Suicide Squad. So they're just free to go. So that worked out well. I guess. Yeah, that's going to be hard to explain away when they make the the Suicide Squad. Right. And we know that's coming because, oh, and then they cut because I I, I guess this character needed an arc, uh, but they cut to the daughter of Bloodsport and she happens to be watching the news because that's what kids do. Um, and as they're watching the news, she sees that her father was helping technically Uh, And she starts crying because that was established that they have like a really good relationship and that would make sense. (laughs) So I'm really glad that that happened. Um, And then they go back in the helicopter and it seems like everyone's friends. And then the rat sits on or tries to, you know, sleep on Bloodsport's knee and he's afraid again. But then he starts petting it. It seems like everything's good. So now we're like a whole fucking happy family, right? Oh, yeah. Perfect ending. Perfect movie. Great time. Great time. Great time had by all. And then there were two ending scenes. The one ending scene was that it turns out Weasel wasn't dead. Who gives a fuck? Uh, So that was the first one. And then the second one was that they actually, it turns out that Peacekeeper is not dead. And that he's going to be used as the probably the next leader of the next The The Suicide Squad. Ugh, God, I'm going to have to watch that one, too, aren't I? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, maybe they'll learn from their mistakes. Yeah, I'm sh- oh, yeah, I'm sure they will, especially because this has like a fucking 98% of Rotten Tomato bullshit. So hold oh, on a second. does it? I didn't even want to look. Yeah, oh, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to look that up right now. All right. So this is Friday, though. It's Friday, so it could certainly go down lower. But right now, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes with an 88% audience score. So here's the deal, Nick. We're getting one of these no matter what. We're either getting a direct sequel to this movie because this movie did well. Or we're getting a new The 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 Suicide Squad when this doesn't do well. Whichever it is, you're getting either a reboot or you're getting a sequel. Oh, just give me a sequel at this point. I I can't watch another reboot of this, right. <laughs> just to be honest. Right. But I think, so here's here's my, and I know this will piss off a lot of people, but look, I was getting bored. I was getting bored talking about this movie. That's not a good thing to happen. No, I was, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Normally when we do these, even if it's a bad movie, we're we're still like enjoying talking about the stupid parts or whatever. This wasn't that way for me. 
So my issue with this, and I know I've made this analogy on the show before, but my issue with this is that DC has set the bar so incredibly low over its entire time of making movies. So basically what happens is it's not that the bar is low. It's the bar is subterranean now. They have used a a backhoe and they have lifted the earth and put the bar so low down on the ground, like through the ground, that now you can crawl over that bar. (laughs) And that's what this movie has done. This movie could not fail. There was no chance for this movie to fail whatsoever because DC fans, most of them, as we've talked about before, are rubes, most of them. So you're going to get the people that are going to love it because it's DC, but now you're also going to get the normies. You're going to get the regular average people because they go, well, holy shit, I've watched so many bad DC movies that this is actually good. That's that's what they're going to say. And that's why it has a high oh, score. That's a, that's a crazy take. Yeah, because now it's like you want to see these characters because, you know, you need the Harley Quinn Halloween costume. So you have to see the movie. Of course. Red dress. But, yeah, you're right. The bar is slowed low now that you're like, oh, they made a passable one. Oh, I have to pay my fifteen ninety nine to see that. Right. And look, for us, we would not have seen this movie. It wasn't for HBO Max. We're already paying for HBO Max. So we get to see this. So that's why we're doing this. But. Other people would have gone to the theater to see this. Like I told you, I know people that think this is an awesome movie, but it has to be because their brain is so warped from the terrible movies from before, because there is no reason by watching this movie. I don't care. People can say, like I said before, people can say, oh, you just have to turn the, turn your brain off and just enjoy it. Why? When I can enjoy many movies with my brain on, it doesn't make any sense to me. There are plenty of things that are wrong with this movie that if they would have done it correctly, then yes, I would be a fan of the movie for sure. Something I just thought about is literally I'm able to turn my brain off. It's, you know, a gift I have. And (laughs) the editing and the storytelling was so sloppy that literally at like hour 44, like I said, I was physically pained. Like I had to, luckily it was on HBO. I could pause it, take a lap, come back, <laughs> try to figure what the fuck was going on in the movie and why the movie was still happening. Right. And then just like reconnect myself. Like I should have done some yoga. I should have burned some incense. Like, oh, <laughs> well, that's, and you're right. I mean, like, like we talked about, you could have taken a good 40 to 45 minutes off of this runtime, made this the movie it was supposed to be, cut out a ton of scenes, and even cut out some characters. Think about it this way. There's really no reason to have the Rebels. There's, there's really no reason for them. There's no reason for King Shark. You could have you done so many things and just really tightened up this movie and made it something special if you really wanted to. And then also, a lot of the jokes, like I said... If you had just put punchlines in them, if you had just written them correctly, they would have actually been funny. And then you would have had the humor element that most DC movies have been missing, but you wouldn't have sacrificed the movie itself. You wouldn't have sacrificed the timing. You wouldn't have sacrificed the editing. You would have done it correctly. But 
I can still honestly say this is the best DC movie. Ooh, bold. I don't know, man. How is that even bold? What what movie can you put it up against? I mean, are are we calling like the Christian Bale Batman movies DC movies? Or I not? don't think I don't think you're allowed to. I don't think those are part of the universe. I think they have to be in the DC universe. I don't know. Uh, eh, I'm still trying to think of which ones were actually good. Oh my god, why is this such a problem? Well, because it's DC. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Because look, some people might say Wonder Woman, right? The first one, but it definitely not 1984. But like I said, and I've we've talked about it when we've talked about Wonder Woman 1984, there are a ton more things wrong in Wonder Woman than there are in this movie. Oh, yeah. At least this movie, the CGI was like passable, right? Yeah, the CGI was passable. There were scenes that I chuckled at, like yeah, the humor sure. actually occasionally hit. Yeah. And I enjoyed a couple of the sequences, like we were saying. Yeah. So, I mean, the acting wasn't terrible. Like, obviously, get Pete Davidson out of there quick. And that's what they did because, he <laughs> yeah. can't, you know, he can't act. Uh, but other than that, I mean, most people, even like I said, Amanda Waller was over the top. There were definitely people that weren't that great. But Idris Elba was definitely, I mean, you could tell he did not want to be there for sure. But would you have wanted to be there? <laughs> no way. John Cena is getting his second chance at Hollywood, so he's happy to be there. So he's putting his effort in there. Uh, the guy who was Polka Dot Man normally plays like random little roles. Like I knew him from the third season of Twin Peaks, and he was in Bird Box, and he was in you know the new Blade Runner. He's gonna be in the new Dune. Like he plays you know smaller parts and stuff like that. He always does a relatively good job. I've never seen Rat snatcher before rat catcher before i've never seen her i don't know what she does and then idris elba like you know he he used to be good at stuff but i haven't seen him in a good role in a long time and here he just looked like holy shit i can't believe i'm in a superhero movie this doesn't make any fucking sense but it worked for <laughs> yeah. his it worked for his character though but you can tell there's a lot of times that it looked like he had a fucking stunt double just for running Oh, now that you mentioned, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, literally. Oh yeah, because when when they had those scenes where he was running and you actually saw him, I felt pain because I was like, holy shit, he should not be running. And then you could see other times where I was like, oh, that's CGI or not only it's CGI or it's a stunt double or whatever who's doing the running for him and now it looks okay. But he was supposed to be that old grizzled guy who didn't want to be there, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it worked for what it was. But I just, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but you're right. It worked for what it was. I, I would definitely say it's the best DC movie or the best DC universe movie. And they're definitely going to make a sequel because I probably see that score going down to like, I don't know, 78, 80. But I don't I don't see it dropping that much more. So I think people were so surprised because of how awful DC movies are that they were like, oh, this is relatively coherent. And I'm going to use the excuse that I turned off my brain. I enjoyed my time instead of looking at it as an actual movie and being like, wow, the writers could have done a really better job. Yeah. Here's here's my new plan. Thinking about the grade of it, I'd say if you could cut out that 40 to 50 minutes we keep talking about, solid C effort. However, here's the interesting one. Ooh. 
I would now think I would prefer doing a sequel because you can cut out 20 minutes of introduction to the characters and everything. Yep. Hopefully not introduce anybody new because that was a whole fucking mess. Trim the fat, take those 50 minutes out, and then make the sequel an hour and 30 minutes long. Though, I think one of their running gags now will be that they almost always take out multiple characters at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that that kind of as confusing as it was looking back on it now for a second viewing. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy that. The first viewing, it was fucking nauseating. Yeah. It was just like, why are you doing this? We already know what the joke is. This joke is going too long, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's that's kind of the way it was. But yeah, I mean, look, we've even talked. I'm sure we bored people because I don't know what to I, I mean. It's hard to go through this movie in some ways because it's not as fun talking about it as it should be. And that's my warning sign. That's my big warning sign is when you're rushing through talking about it and you can't take your time and praise the parts that should be praised and then making jokes about the other parts. That's just not the way this movie works for me. No, I think you're 100% right. It was just... There are so many scenes that didn't need to be there and were just there for like fun factor. And the fun wasn't there for most of them. It just ruined it. Yeah, man. And that's I I know we often have a differing opinion from a lot of people. So I'm sure I'll continue to get my my death threats and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I really I challenge people. I would love to hear comments about this and telling me I'm wrong, like but have specific reasons why I'm wrong because I really don't think in the writing department and with the editing that we talked about I don't think we're wrong in what we mentioned I think people should be able to see that if you want to make this movie a B plus or an A that you make those changes and especially when you're James Gunn who has made some very good movies like come on are you gonna so here's here's a question would you put this movie above any of James Gunn's good movies? Uh, no. Uh, I would put it over movie 43. I yes. think I, yes. I feel good saying that. It's nowhere close to super. I mean, come no, on. No, I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that rape scene was so fucking hot. Yeah, I don't want to get canceled yet. Either. Yeah, I don't want to get canceled. Uh, it was better. It was better than the Belko experiment. I'll say that. Because the Belko experiment was fucking terrible. But it's not better than Slither. And it's not better than Dawn of the Dead remake. And it's not better than Guardians of the Galaxy 1 or 2. And it's not better than... uh, uh, No, he didn't have anything to do with Ant-Man and Wasp, right? But it's not better than that. It's not better than any Marvel, any recent Marvel movie, that's for sure. And honestly, he he kind of peaked at uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, if I'm honest. Oh, man. One of my favorites of all time. See, now, Nick, my favorite part of that is that Scooby-Doo is unleashed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Well, I think we we made it to two hours. (laughs) To two hours. I don't know how we do it, man. We we really, we shouldn't. We we should edit. We should have taken our own advice and edited this down. Because I'm sure there were many lulls in there that didn't need to be there. But hey, we do this fucking show for free. And I just like talking to my buddy and I hope that people out there, I know some good people that listen to the show and I hope you enjoy it. And I look forward to people's comments. I seriously comment on any of my social media or send me an email. 
if you have criticisms of my criticisms of the movie, but you legitimately have something to talk about, then do it. If you're just going to tell me, oh, no, this movie was fucking great. You're a fucking idiot. I, it, I don't care. I'm smarter than you. So fuck off. Like that, that stuff doesn't bother me. So, Nick, <laughs> I, I want to thank you very much again for being on the show. Now, we definitely have to do the thing we talked about last time. I really want to stop doing bad movies. That was never the point of this show. Like, is it just do bad movies? Let's really figure out a good movie to do that we can have fun talking about, okay? Oh, thank you, Ian. Oh, please. (laughs) Yeah, we got to, for next month or something, we definitely got to do that. So we'll talk about that off air. Remember, stay on the line. We'll talk a little bit more. But Nick, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Do you have any final words for everyone? Uh, I would say, uh, please, God, uh, if anybody here is thinking about going and investing in higher education, go to school for writing. Please take some of these people's <laughs> jobs. They're just throwing around hundreds of millions of dollars. You can you can easily get two hundred thousand dollars for writing one of these movies and just just don't do what they're doing. I just got to I got to finish mine. I got to finish my books and, and then people can criticize me. I mean, that that's fine. But I got to I got to fucking get to it. I'm tired of criticizing other people's stuff. So that's that's a good one, Nick. I like it. And I'm going to do my Dark Tower thing, especially now, because it definitely deserves it. And I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.